Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, a QPR podcast. This is the final podcast of the 2020 and 21 season. Um, I'm David Fraser. There are five of us around this virtual table tonight. Joining me is Paul Finney. Hello, Paul. Hello, David. It just seems like a minute ago I was talking to you. Thank you for ruining the experience for the listener by revealing that although we are being published as it as it uh, as you might say three or four days later after the mark warburton podcast we are in fact recording it four minutes later after the mark warburton podcast which means the only person that is either participating or listening to this podcast who hasn't heard the mark warburton interview is the next person who i'm introducing which is clive whittingham i'm scared of warbs aren't i so i thought i would i thought i'd duck out of that one and uh, and leave you guys to it so, in case he so, calls you out about your overdraft or whatever. Yeah. Iconic. We did, we did ask him for crypto advice and he said steer clear of it. So can reveal that's an exclusive for you, uh, Clive. Um, also, you heard their flow, Flo Lloyd Hughes. Hi, Flo. Hi. So I'm just having a snack after that Warburton show. So I'm still munching down on um, some cheese and crackers because that's the only snack I have in my house. So yeah, good to be back. <laughs> But it's four days after the, the, the Warburton one flow. Come on. Yeah. That's I, haven't eaten, I haven't eaten in four days. That's why. That <laughs> what, what can I ask what cheese? Is it a posh cheese? Tesco slice ma- mature cheddar, which I would never do. Slice Pre-slice is actually like the worst, but it was just in the fridge, so I'm, I'm eating it. Very good. Uh, Very good. And Chris, Chris Charles hi. is also here. Hi. Already, already anxious because you know you've got forty nine minutes left. Until Indeed, we I have. Made, yeah, I've got things to do, places to go. Well, I haven't got places to go. Um, I've, I've, just, I've just got bedtime stories to read, so you know she can wait for ten minutes. I'm sure. Uh, well, look, let's crack on then and kind of try and review the season and uh, finish off the, the the season for all our listeners. I mean, it's a very like not thought through question that I have, but what did you think of that as a season? What a weird, satisfying, enjoyable, in parts frustrating, but ultimately quite pleasing one. I don't know. Clive, you haven't had an hour of Mark Warburton already, so you've had time to think this through and really prepare. Oh, God. So what do you, how do you reflect on the season, Clive? Tremendous, uh, tremendous success, I think. Um we were talking last season about how well we'd um, how well we'd done considering departures and the turmoil and the turnover the previous summer, um, and then had to do it all again. Lost, obviously. We know what we lost. We don't need to to run through the list of the the SA and Wells and Hugill and all the goals and assists that went out of the teams, like forty five goals and twenty assists and things. So to get better, um, it's, it's just a brilliant achievement. And also getting better while playing really good watchable football the second half of the season I just I've, I've enjoyed watching the team it's not like they've been scrapping victories out um so uh so yeah really I, the only doubt is were we we did say at the start of the season it was going to be a weak championship and I think it was and you've seen how much further ahead the three relegated Premier League teams were than everybody else um so it was a weak championship and we did struggle in it in the first half 
were we just propped up by loans and then are those loans going to stick around? So the noises coming out of the club seem to be way more positive on Austin and Johansson than I ever thought possible. Um, and that's still believe it when I see it. I'm, so I'm interested to know whether we were just sort of artificially doped into a, a good position by good loans, but you can't knock really anything. There's been noticeable improvements in all sorts of players. Dickie, Barbe, Dieng, Willock compared to the start of the season and now you know, we're progressing as a team. Players are progressing. We're good to watch. I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, but the not being there as, as you know, it's, it's this weird juxtaposition of being excited by the team and really happy with how they're doing while not being at the games, um, which I've, I've found, I found it really difficult when we were playing badly. Um, and weirdly, I've, I've found it just as bad in a different way while we're playing well. Just the, the not being there for moments like, a Doma's last-minute winner at Watford, I can just feel what that away end would have been like. Luton, the night that Charlie came back, I can, you know, you can just sort of reach out and touch what that atmosphere would have been like going up to Luton on a Tuesday. And so, yeah, delighted with the team, disappointed not to have been there, actually glad the season's out of the way and pleased with the direction of travel, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to add quickly as well, now I've finished my cheese. I think... I completely agree with Clive. And then the added factor was the fact that we were so crap tr during during Project Restart under similar sort of pressures in terms of how we were operating in the Saturday, Tuesday, whatever. So to do what we did in the second half of the season under similar conditions in terms of like training ground time, analytics and all that kind of stuff was pretty remarkable because that second half of the season, well, the restarted bit of the season last year was so diabolical and depressing that I didn't really see a way out if we were going to have another COVID period. So I, it's pretty amazing considering at Christmas as well. Yeah, to turn that around under those conditions. Finney? <clears throat> um, I think we're, it's typical QPR, isn't it? We start the season and we were awful. I think even in our four... I mean, I can't really remember the interview with, with Mark Warburton because it's four days ago, so I'm just trying to rewind my brain to, to back to it. But, you know, even he didn't. You, you are a brilliant actor, may I just say. You, you need an equity card immediately and to get cast in something. That's super work, Paul. Carry on. I mean, you should see me when, when people want me to go to the bar to get a drink in. Um, uh -huh. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Shut up, Baldy. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, even he would be hard-pressed to defend how we started the season. But then... It's just a bit, I don't know, it's, it's just when they brought the non-players in and even the youngsters got better. It's so QPR that I'd rather be in the situation we're in now, which is we're thinking if, buts and maybes, rather than fick me, we're going to play, you know, next season in League One, which was a distinct possibility we thought at one stage. And I think that I know the playoffs would have been too soon for us this season, um, if that's at all possible in football, because I know you you take what you get. I kind of think that we've we've turned a massive corner in the way the positivity. I think season tickets will be better next season. I think everyone's mood will be better next season. I think it's it's it's, it's it'd be wrong to say that it was just down to one player. But I, I think the Austin effect and everything else is just giving everyone such a boost that next season we're all looking forward to it. And um, which is not a bad thing, Dave. And I think you know we're we're crap in the cups as usual. We improved after Christmas immensely, but you know the 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 games that stick in your head was, 
you know, finally beating bloody Brentford was marvellous. And, um, you know, coming back against Luton um, away, sorry, and then come back against um, Millwall at home. And, and it's just, yeah, it's been a roller coaster season. But I think next season with fans back in there, God knows what's going to happen to away fans. I mean, that might be another season away. God only knows. But it'd be nice to get back and actually see these players in the flesh. It's, it's hard to believe I've gone a whole season without actually seeing these players in the flesh, apart from the two games that we had that only limited fans Which could get into. Weird. They were so weird. Very strange. It's yeah. also mad for them that they haven't, as I said in the in the podcast four days ago, that they haven't... Um, <laughs> Lyndon Dykes hasn't hasn't had his name chart. We haven't even got a song for Lyndon Dykes yet. Charlie Austin, we weren't there, to, you know, for the to, to, for the big return. Um, you know, it must be so weird. I mean, the players, I guess, are starting to get used to it now. But on Paul's point, I I, I don't think, you know, certainly ahead of in the weeks leading up to January, I don't I think we were actually playing quite well. We just couldn't put the ball in the net, and there was there was games, even the game against Cardiff. You know, you see the scoreline. And you think we, you know, we took a hammering. Well, you know, it, it could have, we could have easily won that game, as strange as it seems. And I think, yeah, Austin, that little tapping against Luton, where he's in the right place at the right time, was the catalyst for everything that followed. You've got Johansson, who's a, is absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and it's just a weird, perfect storm where all the loan signings have just worked out absolutely brilliantly. Um, and yeah, if the season had gone on, if the season started in January, we would have been third. Um, and yeah, you just wanted the season to go on to go on for another five or six games, really. But if we can keep the loan players next season, if we can transfer those loans, um, make them permanent, then on, I think we've got every chance of, of getting in the mix. On the lack you know of what, Chris? on the lack of crowds, um, I'm interested in what we what we think because in some respects there's been some really sad moments that we haven't we haven't been there for the Lyndon Dykes turnaround, the Lee Wallace turnaround, Jeff Cameron's sort of left is drifting away from the club with with no farewell. Um, Angel Rangel has, has done that as well. Um, and like I say, you know, Watford away, Luton away, Don Ball's last minute winner against Cardiff, things like that. Would have been amazing to have a crowd there for. I wonder whether in some certain respects, not having a crowd there might have helped in all of this because mm. do we think after on that 10 game losing, well, the 10 game winless run when we, between Christmas and New Year, we got absolutely just the game against Swansea over Christmas wasn't even competitive. And I think that was the ninth without a win. That was the day that we thought Warbs might be on his way because Ferdinand and Hughes sort of hung around in the director's box. That felt a bit pointed afterwards. I just wonder, would the crowd have turned on Warburton at that point? We were pretty grumpy with him. I remember being on the podcast that week saying, you know, if you keep doing the same thing and the same subs, I just would the crowd have turned would Lyndon Dykes have been given 23 games without a goal by a crowd and given that time? Um, it's, a, it, it's a good point, isn't it? Because uh, you've also seen on a much, much smaller scale the kind of redemption of Joe Lumley over the last year. which has and Lee, also Wallace, happened, Lee, and Wallace Lee Wallace as well. Which has also happened without a crowd. And we have seen, we have real-world evidence of what has happened to Joe Lumley when he has tried to redeem himself in front of a crowd. Uh, and, and it didn't go well, and he kept making the same mistakes. Uh, so it's a really interesting question around Lyndon Dykes. Would 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 Lyndon Dykes be the player he is now? Would Warburton have backed him in the same way? I can't see how he would have done. His trajectory would have gone completely different. 
would the club have stuck with Warburton through that spell if the crowd had been turning? You know, would they have, would they have wielded the axe at that point? That Swansea um, game, that Swansea game, that reaction would have been. I'll just stop you there. Honestly, we've got, we've got somebody else who's just joined us. Andy Sinton has entered the chat. <laughs> this is a plot twist. <laughs> this is a plot twist. How are you guys? Great. I'm very good. Nice to see you. And uh, thanks for inviting me on. And the Dave, I hear you're departing the podcast after 10 years, which uh, on the past year's news. I've been thanks. given a testimony on a free transfer, yes. <laughs> David had David had no idea you were coming on, so we've sort of sprung this on him a little bit because, um, by his own admission, you're his all-time favourite player, Andy. All-time favourite player. You know what, Dave? I always thought you were wasted doing what you do. You're a student of the game. You obviously, well, you can just tell a top-class player when you when you've seen one. So, um, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. You are my favourite, and 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 I think I've told you this once before, but you were my first ever Hotmail password, <laughs> which will probably freak you out a little bit. But it's true, and anyone who wants to try it, you're not my password anymore. But you are, that probably dates me perfectly. But no, you were my, growing up, my all-time hero in that period, sort of late 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. You sticking the ball onto Les's head more often than not. So I've always been delighted. I've always been very excited every time we've spoken. Well, what a team we had in the 90s, didn't we? That team was, uh, what you guys watched, you know, the likes of Les, uh, Super Ray, you know, Ray Wilkins, Alan McDodsley. Oh, what a team. What a team. Be your favourite player. I'm really, really honoured. And um, you know what, Dave, the, the, the club very kindly donated uh, a shirt, which oh. I'm going to, as I was your favourite player, I'm going to sign and, and send it off to you. Um, but as I say, um, I know you've done incredible work on the pod for the last 10 years. Brilliant fan of the club for many, many years. So, uh, so thank you so much for that and uh, wish you well, whatever you're going on to do. Thank you. Thank you. That is Andy, very could you do, good Andy, could you do me a favour, Andy? Could you sign it as Steve Slade? Of course I can, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, Andy, um, I know you're only diving in and off this pod, but but just a, just a quick... Um, first of all, we've enjoyed your double act immensely while we've been sat at home in our um, broom cupboards and wherever um, and secondly you know how, how's the season been for you I think it's been a I think it's been a successful season I think Mark uh, his staff and all the players and not only that you know behind the scenes I think they that everyone at the club des deserves a lot of credit second half of the season I think we've been phenomenal um, if you look at the points that we've gotten from the amount of games um, to finish in the top 10 for the first time in a while um, but you know what, I think we've gone through a little bit of pain, as you know, because you've watched and I've watched. Um, I think we're on the way, we're on the way back now. And um, as I really optimistic, I know the season's just finished, but really optimistic for next year. Don't know what the summer's going to bring, but let's let's hope we can build on what we did second half of the season. And you know what, can't wait to get you guys back in the stadium as well, and we can we can all share together. Football is a game for the fans. It's it's not the same without the fans. We need you guys back for obvious reasons. Um, I think you need us for obvious reasons as well. No, um, 
I've spoken to a lot of fans during the lockdown period and that really comes through that they they just love their club and they need to be watching the club and let's hope we're on the way through this horrible year that we've had um, and next season you know you guys are in the stadium and we can uh, we can push on together can I, can I just say one thing though Andy I know this is Dave's podcast he's saying goodbye to Dave um, but um, we've lost a few people this year and I've, I want to thank you for all the videos you've you've pretty much touched everyone's heart in the videos that you've sent to people who have lost loved ones. And I know you did one this week for Ross Noble, who's not very well. And um, you're one of the best things that's happened to QPR when you came back. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the, doing that. It means a lot when you contact QPR fans, mate. You, you've no idea the good it does. Well, that's 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 really kind of you. And, you know, um, a privilege to reach out to the fans, certainly in the the difficult times that we've had. And I think it's really important that the club, you know, when we've, we've made big strides over recent years to get back in touch with the fans, um, appreciate the fans for who they are and what they are. Um, so I know we lost our way as a club a few years back, but we're getting our QPR back. Um, but as I say, uh, uh, thanks for your kind words. As I say, uh, I don't really want pats on the back for that. In this difficult time, it's just, I think it's the least I can do and the least the club can do. Nice one, Andy. Listen, I know you've, yeah, literally, like I said, you jumped in and jumped off, jumped off again. It was just a little surprise for David, but thanks very much for coming on. Thank and, you uh, so I'll much. let you know the address to send his shirt to. Yeah. Thank you. It is extra large, isn't it? So, David, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be coming to you from your favourite player. Yeah. And I'll say it one more time. I always knew you knew your football. So, uh... yeah, there you go. Thank <laughs> thanks you. a lot, guys. Take care. All the best. Yeah. See you, Andy, mate. Take care. See you, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, yeah, all the best, guys. Oh, you guys. <laughs> that is so nice. Thank you. I had no idea. Andy Sinton with bad Wi-Fi is the perfect way. Is That is perfect to me. I'm not even doing That's the way you always imagined it. doing your last <laughs> podcast was. Hang on, hang on a minute, though, because there's, there's Jose Basingua to come, mate. So brilliant. <laughs> so let's... Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yes, and and Andy Sinton, or as I knew him in the late 90s, S1NTON. Capital S1NTON. Um, where were we? Uh, I'm a bit well, flustered from that. I, I was can't even remember what about Swansea, I think. Um, well, one of the, I can't remember where we were properly, so I'll throw Don't in the question, which, which is, uh, my question was going to be, what does a good summer look like? Andy Say again, Chris. A good summer is Finney not talking over everyone. No, um, uh, a, a good <laughs> a good summer is um, converting every one of those loan players uh, into permanent transfers. As, as I said earlier, it's very rare that you get you know you get uh, two loans that that that, that, uh, that, that have, have worked really well, let alone four. And um, if we can get all those guys back. Keep hold of the guys uh, like Dicky, Diang, uh, all the guys who who, who might move on. Um, then I think that will represent a good summer. And 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 then obviously we've got two guys coming back as well from injury. So uh, you know I think we'll have a pretty strong squad. And dare I say it, we 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 should be in a position to challenge for the playoffs. I've got a two-part question for everyone: Who's your player of the season? which we sort of asked a bit here and there in the last few weeks. And who's your player of the season for next year? Who have you got massive hopes for 
for next oh, year. Oh, the, the Samba de Akite Memorial Millstone to hang around the neck of somebody for, for next season. <laughs> um, and that's why Clive writes so well. <laughs> I, do on, remember, I do remember tipping Samba de Akite, and I think I tipped Luke Amos last season as well as my... Uh, oh. So, yeah, that would be a curse. Do you know, I, I ended up, I think, deciding that Dickie was my player of the year slightly ahead of Dieng, but then I saw that the players had given them a joint thing. And I, mm. actually, you know, I thought, well... I thought it was the fans gave the joint thing. No, I think the fans went for Dickie, and I kind of went for Dickie in the end as well. But, you know, why not give it to them both? There's not a lot to choose between them. Dieng had a couple of wobbles at the end, and Dickie had a couple of wobbles at the start. Um, I just think the progress of both players, considering one was at Oxford last year and one was at Doncaster, to come and play that well in the championship was really, really impressive. Um, and Barbe, you know, we take the take the mick out of Barbe and the diags and the penalty concessions and the you know just the all round lunacy of the guy and the robot Hoover and all of the but you know to play every second of the game, every second of every game in this season of all seasons and play really well once we'd gone to the back three. That's probably worthy of note as well. So one of those three, D Dickie slightly ahead of Dieng, I guess. Um, I did think it was a bit off that uh, Dickie won goal of the season. I mean, that's like when Luongo oh, won player of the, that's like when Luongo won player of the season for playing well in the last eight games. You know, Don Ball is goal of this or any other season. Wrong foot, 25 yards, last minute winner, Don Ball. That's the, like, no one's telling me that's not the goal of the season. Is that a fan's vote? Yeah. I, I usually shout democracy doesn't work at this point, but uh, it'll just... I don't think we need a summer of trolls, do we? <laughs> Finney, who have you got big hopes for next season? Am I allowed to speak now, Chris? Yes, Paul. Ooh, absolute on. diva. Oh, touchy. <laughs> I know. The diva, the diva is back. <laughs> I can't even spell that. I'd probably spell Abba. Um, do you know what? It's it, it, it's. I agree with Dicky and getting player of the year along with Senny because I think that's that's a first shot and I'm pleased that's how it came across. Next season, I'm really excited if we keep hold of Ilias Chur and Willock. I think that, that they both excite me a lot. And it'll be interesting to see what Thomas can do. I know he's not young and he's not old, but having a fit season... And field excites me as well. If we keep all the field, I think we've got a good little midfielder there. And um, it's, it's certainly much better to look at these young players and think about what, what's going to happen with these guys next season rather than thinking, dear God, help us. What idiot are we going to sign next season that we can all pick on? Um, like, So the club's got the right direction. We're getting the right sort of players in. But Willock does really excite me. I think we could possibly have one of the sons of the... Um, last five years in our hands because he just got better and better and better every game and um, I really like him well and the vibe we got the vibe we got from Warburton when we interviewed him four days ago was very much that Willock is 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 the one isn't he mm. I think he did I think he did mention Ilias Chair who sort of was thought by many to be the heir to Eze's throne and of course he's won the young uh, the young, the young supporters' player of the year. Um, but it's it's Willock. Willock's the one that excites everyone. So I I would go with that as well. I would go with that as well. But what about? Can I also you, add that I think Lee Wallace's goal was um, a potential for goal of the season. You can. Thank you, Flo. What were you thinking about players for next season? Who do you want to see develop? Um, I think Chair did sort of step into the shoes okay obviously huge shoes 
used to fill. So it was never going to quite be the same. But I do agree. I think there's quite like with what Warburton said four days ago, which is there are quite a few players who could do with a little bit more time in the championship. And he's certainly one of them. So I would like to see him hopefully reach double figures in goals next season um, and kind of, yeah, take himself to the next level because he certainly got that potential and perhaps there was a bit too much pressure on him this season to fill those shoes. And he wasn't necessarily always our outlet, which wasn't an issue. I mean, we had Austin and Dykes in the middle, big kind of target men. So we didn't have to go through chair a lot for those opportunities. We saw so much value in the fullbacks a lot more in the second half of the season. Chris Willock and Adoma as well, putting in really good deliveries, which we've been lacking for the last sort of like 18 months until they arrived. But I think chair has a massive opportunity to kind of really become a playmaker for us. And he is already, but I'd like to see him kind of step up. Chair suffers a little bit from the way they do the official assist stats. I, Whenever I put the end of term review together, I always have the players on many more assists than the league does. And I think a really good example of that is um, Todd Kane's goal against Cardiff this year at home. If you watch that back, Chair collects the ball with his back to goal, tight to the corner flag, flicks it back up over his head, simultaneously taking a defender out at the same time, collects it on the other side on his other foot with an immaculate touch, pulls the ball back perfectly and Kane puts it into the top corner. Because it brushes a Cardiff player at the near post, the league don't count it as an assist. So I think Chair's down for officially four assists this season. I've got him on more like eight or nine, which is a great mm. total. And like if, they, if that Todd Kane goal isn't a, uh, an Ilias Chair assist, I just think it shows sometimes like the way we're going with, with stats and XG and, and all of this obsession with stats, sometimes they don't tell the true story because that, that's an assist for all money for me, that Todd Kane goal. And officially, I, I think officially Chair's got four assists or maybe five when actually I think it's probably eight or nine. Player of the year, I think we dealt with that with, with us the other day. Can't really argue with with the two names that have been put forward. Um, how old is Senny, by the way? Does anyone know? Is he like 27 or am I, I making... 26. 26 is my guess. Yeah, but I'd be interested for me to see how far he develops because, I mean, you know, he's he's come in this season, having been at the club for many years, went to Doncaster, and he's been an absolute revelation. And, and you know... Clearly, he's only going to go and get better. Um, I do hope he stays with us for next season to see how how, how good he can become. But I, I've got a feeling at some point, hopefully with us, that he'll be playing um, in the league above. Um, I like the look of that Albert Adoma as well. Um, he only got seven starts, but two goals, five assists. Can't argue with that. I, I you know, in, in all seriousness, I would have liked to seen him get a bit of a few more games under his belt um, because. To me, when he's come on, he hasn't really put a foot wrong. Um, mm -hmm. But Warbles knows what he's doing. Um, and Batachi is another one I'd like to see a bit more of next season, if that's how um, you pronounce it. What is your... I, I'm not seeing as it's my last one. I might as well say something that's bound to be very unpopular. Uh, you do I that anyway. I'm, yeah, that's true. I'm not sure we'll see Senny game. I'm not sure we will end get to end up seeing him apart from those couple of games. Because the club is probably going to sell someone in the summer, and he seems the most likely. David, four days ago, that it would. Uh, I think we're having this up a bit too much, particularly if it goes out five days after. But um, yeah, he he said that they did the club. You know, they're not daft. If they get 
an offer of 20 million for players, say it's Dieng, it's mm. obviously ridiculous. But well, if they get a ridiculous offer, like they would sell. Otherwise, they're looking to keep hold of all their assets. That's what What's the price, price, though? What price would we all put on him? What is, what is an acceptable offer for them to say yes to? 10 million plus. Yeah, see, I see. I, I'm probably going to be unpopular as well. I think it's probably less than that, and I think oh. you probably would get less than that. And we had similar conversations around Alex Smithies, who was uh. 28-ish, not that much older than Dieng, but uh, you know, never played in the Premier League, and we would have rated Smithy. We were all talking about sort of seven, eight million pound for Smithies, and we ended up getting three, and he went to Cardiff and didn't play. Um, I was thinking three for Dieng. Goalkeeper's an odd position, yeah. I think. I think if you got offered north of five million quid for Dieng at the moment, I think you'd be quite lucky and I think they would take it. You know, he's, t- he's 26. He's never played in the Premier League. He looks amazing. Let's be honest. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not talking him down here. He's, and he's got the, the modern football traits that you need in a goalkeeper that perhaps even Smithies didn't have. Um, just that calmness on the ball and the, distrib- the distribution short. Um, I don't think you'd get as much as... As we as we perhaps get carried away and think, um, and if they got an offer, they would take it because, you know, that's the right thing to do. And we all said, you know, where will this team be if you take Wells and Hugel and Eze out of it? And what if Bright leaves? We're going to be banging trouble. And you know, Bright's gone, and Willock's probably a better all-round player than Bright. And Wells and Hugel went, and you know, the strikers we've got now are, are probably better than they were. So, you know, it's not. Yeah, we shouldn't fear that. That so I'm hoping that what this is teaching is that we are we're losing our better players for money, and yet the team is getting better because it, if you keep doing the right thing and you keep selling those players and reinvesting the money properly and your recruitment's good, that's the only way we get out of this. I don't think we get out of this by sort of trying to hoard together what we've got. A year ago, if you told us that Manning, Hall, Bright, Hugill as a Wells would all go out of the team and the team would get better on this podcast. You just said mm-hmm. that's mad. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. We're going to get relegated. Yeah. But actually we've got better. And that's because you bring in a player like as when the right offer comes in, you sell him, you reinvest the money into Willock and Dickey and all these players we love now. And if we got a big offer for, for one of them, then they go and you reinvest. And that's how you get out of this situation without parachute payments. But then I suppose the other hand, Clive, you'd have to look at it. We get 15 million for Todd Kane. That anything we get for um, Senny is an absolute bonus. Ah, oh, Todd. Wah, wah, wah. He really has. He really has finished the season in uh, windmilling. He's windmilled into the end of the season. Has he, Todd? Bless him. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, bless you, him. Is he here at the uh, on the other side of the summer? I think he probably is, uh, particularly as he's banned for the first chunk of next season. <laughs> now, um, I also that mid-range championship money market doesn't really exist at the moment because of the pandemic and the financial situation. You still see players moving for quite big money or chances being taken on League One players, but you don't see many championship players moving between championship clubs for 800,000 or 1.5 million and stuff, do you really? Um, And that's the sort of market that Kane's in. I think you'd be incredibly lucky to find a, a, a taker for him at this point. Also, I feel like there's so many players like him that we love to pick up who look like they have a good CV because they spent, you know, so long at one club because they were an academy product, but never played a first team game for that club ever and just spent most of their career on loan. 
but that is enough to entice a few people in, but have no real sell-on value. I think there's so many players like him in the championship and that we've picked up that, like Clive said, it's a hard one to then push on because every other squad has got a couple of Todd Kane's as well. I think the reality is, Flo, that if anyone came in for Todd Kane and just picked up his wages, he will probably go, even without a fee. That's just the feeling I get. Um, and we're just going to see what happens. I mean, it's interesting that Ozzy's picked up his game in the last few games as well. I think he's improved a lot um, since he's come in this side. So would we miss Todd? The question is, would we miss Todd Kidd? And the answer is probably not. Well, no, the question is, who would you find to take him? And I think the answer is probably nobody. So they're going to have to work with that. But that question scares me. And we've talked we talked about um, the, the, the players that we want to keep, the lone players, a great second half of the season. Is there any area in which we desperately need to strengthen? I I, I would say maybe one extra striker, but um, any, any anyone got any thoughts on that? If, if you kept that team together as it is now, and obviously that's a huge if because of the money that Johansson and Austin would cost you, um, I think device is pretty much done. I think that that will be confirmed. Um, and I still think we'll sign field, although that's gone a little bit woolly. I still think we will. If you kept Austin and Johansson and that you kept that spine of the team, as well as Lee Wallace has done, and I obviously keep Lee Wallace around. And like you say, Kake's improved and he's a useful utility defender to have around. If you could sign a right and left wing back of any sort of championship quality to put on that team, I think it's a top four team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as Wallace has been, and he has he has been really good, but I I still look at the way we play and just that if we, you know, I know we were spoiled with Kyle Walker and obviously it turned out to be one of, the, one of the best players in the world, but if we could just even, you know, someone like the year that Barry Douglas had for um, for Wolves, just somebody like that on either side of the wing-backs, I think we, we'd have a hell of a chance with the team as it is. Does any, does any, sorry, Chris, I'm talking over again. Does anyone know anything about this lad from Yeovil that we signed? He's just a kid, isn't he? He's a, it's like an eighteen. It's just an eighteen-year-old. He's played a couple of games on trial for the for the under twenty-threes. Um, yeah, I'd say it's just a just a kid. Because Kelman could be interesting for next season if we don't get Austin and Dykes and Bruce. But I do think we need a senior striker. If we don't get Austin, we need a senior striker of that ilk, surely. Yeah, I, I think. I won't repeat what Clive said, but what Clive said, well, I will. Okay. <laughs> um, those two loans, Johansson and Austin, if they stay great, if they don't, they obviously need to be replaced. And I think to answer Chris's question, and I have nothing original to say over what Clive said, I think the fullbacks, wingbacks, whatever you want to call them, have been problematic. Uh, Wallace has done well, but he's 35 next birthday. Have I got that right? He's, he's not a young man. And yes, maybe maybe you could see Adoma playing more games on the right-hand side, but he's also no spring chicken either. So I think those two positions need strengthening, um, I would say. Uh, before we go on to ours end, I wanted to ask you, I'm not going to ask what your end-of-term report is on Mark Warburton, because I think that is obvious, um, unless anyone has a controversial opinion on that. I did want to ask what your end of term report is on the club. Talk about the club and how things are being run. And of course, it's been an absolute soap opera forever, really. Um, Clive, this is our chance to get a free season ticket. Go for it. How (laughs) would you rate the the, where the club is at this point? 
Who's taken? I mean, honestly, everybody that sits around me wishes I had a free Can season. I'll tell you one second. We've got another surprise ah! guest joined us. Ah, oh, looks the good looking oh, one. Oh, no. <laughs> I heard there was a position on a QPR podcast, and um, I don't know if I've landed in the right place. As you can see, I'm a big fan. <laughs> your name, what's your name? Chris. What was your surname? Uh, Mendez. Mendez. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am really taken aback now, much more so <laughs> in a strange way than with Andy Simpson. <laughs> this is Chris, this is Chris Mendes, who started the podcast with us. I've joined partly out of curiosity. Are you, um, what's the reason, David? Are you joining a rival podcast? <laughs> yeah, I've got a. I, I've been given a testimonial after ten years. I've definitely done this joke already in this podcast. <laughs> um, well, I want to ask you, Chris. Why did you leave us? Because you started the podcast with us, and then you left all of a sudden in about 2015. So why? Tell us now, <laughs> definitively. It was just uh, I was actually booted out by you, David. So <laughs> not true. Not true. But how's it going? Oh, I've been good you know, to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys too. It's been a very strange time. Um, Love the beard, been... Chris. Huh? Loving the oh, beard, mate. Yeah, cheers. All you look well. like you look a little a young Pat of Sousa. Oh, thank you. Yeah. As you can see, Chris, uh, Finney uh, still interrupts when anybody's talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things don't change, but uh, yeah, can't wait to get back to Loftus Road next season. I want to know what you think about our season, Chris. Well, it's been yeah. I mean, like season of. To, to use the cliche of two halves, if you take the second half of the season, we're like third behind Norwich and Watford. So um, I hope, I'd rather go up next season when the fans are there and we can all enjoy it rather than like being in the playoffs or having a really like positive season now when no one could enjoy it. So yeah, looking forward to next season. What, what are you doing now uh, in t for anyone that, because last, I think when you left, you were probably... Still with ITV. Um, hey. I, I'm at now for the, for the time being. I've been here for a few years. Um, kind of doing the same kind of thing, working on social media. Um, yeah, I live at home in a flat with my girlfriend. I bought a dog um, a year ago. Uh, did my best to find a blue and white one, but uh, <laughs> the best. <laughs> but I couldn't. The best I could find was black and white. So it's kind of a mixture between blue and white and Jude the cat. So all good. So is there a chance next season, Chris, we can we can call upon you as a guest now and again in the podcast? Absolutely, yeah. Well, depends where, where you're going to record it. He's still ah. too good. He's still too good looking for us. Yeah, <laughs> that is because let's remember that is why we asked him to leave. It was always in my <laughs> shadow. He was making us all look even uglier than we already were. Speak for yourself. <laughs> How's it been? How how have you guys been finding it on Zoom? No, been, oh been mate, it's, do you know what? Every every week's a new adventure. It's just yeah. you know, it's it's one of the highlights, right, guys? I'm disappointed uh, uh, that none of you have you know fancy backgrounds that are photoshopped in there. You know, no one's done Loftus Road yet. There right, we go. Oh, oh, Finney's Finney's. Well, Finney's. He's not shopped it. Uh, photoshopped it in. He's just uh, trying to take a picture of his sign in his house. Or he's fallen over. Or yeah. Do you know what? Would rule neither out. In answer to your question about Zoom, it's all right, but people keep interrupting me. That's the main problem. Say that again, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> we can put him on mute. We can put him on mute though on this, which is excellent. So, Chris, Dave, David asked a question uh, before you um, um, uh, sort of appeared. 
appeared. That's the word. Um, David, what was your question? Because you might as well put it to all five of us now. The question was, what is the end of term report on how the club have been doing? We know how the players, the team have done. We've got a very pretty united view on Mark Warburton's performance. But given all the shenanigans over the years, where do we feel the club is at this point? And Clive was just about to put his size 10s into it, say something that he was about to probably get some abuse for, and then you came and stopped him. What's away, Clive? Um, what, what do I think? I think we're better for coming through that period and not sacking the manager again. And... And I'm really pleased that we did that. Um, usually, I think we would have sat the manager and also gone for somebody very different to Warburton, and it all the cycle would have repeated again. I think we're much stronger for coming through that. And I hope, sort of my R's end as well, I hope the lesson from the season is the value of just a little bit of time and patience. Um, because we could easily have given up on Warburton, Willock, Dykes, Wallace. A lot of our success stories in the second half of the season, I think in previous seasons and uh, previous points with the club, we probably would have given up on them. And just the va- and whether that's because the crowd weren't in, like I say, just that value of just seeing a sticky period through without tearing it all up again, I think has been really valuable. Um, so I feel like we're in a good place. The message from Clive was we should, we, good job that we stuck with everyone, unlike how the podcast didn't stick with Chris Mendes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was going to say I agree with Clive with the continuity of the manager I think um, Warburton's our longest serving manager since Harry Redknapp obviously that didn't work out so um, so well but if you look back even further the longest serving manager before that was Holloway in like uh, that's right so um, so yeah if 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 you if you had had he had he had been sacked earlier in the season I don't think many people would have been surprised a lot of people a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the fans would have welcomed it to be honest but um but uh, I'm sure he's won a lot of people over in the second half of the season. Great signing, Charlie Austin, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that that's kind of like a turning point. Hopefully, that continues next season. Generally, genuinely, I think most fans will feel optimistic, go, more optim- optimistic going into next season than they have um, ahead of many others previously. Well, he's got very professional, hasn't he? Jesus, <laughs> Finney, you may as well do your R's in then, seeing as you've just taken yourself off mute. No, I, I didn't. No, you crack on. I'll, I'll come back to mine in a minute. You do yours first. Uh, me? On, just, oh, no, let, David's got to do his last. Let, David's got to do his last. Come on, Finney. Even, even you can't deny a man on his last ever QPR pod in charge, as David is. Ask, ask a question before um, before we do that. Um, just got me thinking when, you know, um, asked me to come on. And um, what what do you guys, like, just looking back at everything, like, what are you guys kind of like Best and worst guest on the pod ever. Best <laughs> and worst for me was Joey Barton. Um, yeah. You know, when we were all together with Joey um, in God, we were still right in our infancy then. We were doing it with playback. And he came in and he just, as I remember, we were, we were it, was, it was the four of us, we were, were sat there and, and, and he was the most charming bloke I'd ever met. And yet, I, I felt that any minute he might just punch me in the face or, or, or worse. I can't explain it. It's, he gave off this weird sort of air. But in fairness, he he was, it was all going to be, he's on for 15 minutes. He had his agent or whoever with him. Um, but after 15 minutes, he sent her away and he stayed for 73 minutes. And okay, admittedly, 
you know, 23 minutes was that about having a rant about Newcastle, which got on the back page of the papers the next day and was run on Sky Sports News all day, which is at the time I thought, Christ, we've made it. But yeah, I just found him a very interesting, complex character. And, and like I say, I, very difficult unless you were there. And he turned up, I remember he turned up in the pub, uh, the pub where we used to go before, before the podcast, looking very dapper with a black cap and like a trench coat and mm. looked the business and even stayed on to do a message for David's brother's wedding, as I recall. Something uh, like that, yeah, and wasn't signed, it? And signed autographs for our kids' T-shirt, for our kids' shirts. And yeah, I, I, nice, I, I have that. The nicest brother you ever well. meet on one hand and then slightly odd on the other one. He was very interesting in what he said about Newcastle. Not so much in QPR because he just touched at us, but yeah, interesting. I, I had Barton as my best guest as well because really? we'd only just started. We'd only just started. Um, we were about four or five months in. And this is what you can forget almost 10 years later. He was a cultural he was a cultural icon at the time, not just in QPR, but he transcended QPR. He would walk down the street and everybody would know who Joey Barton is. My mum would have heard of Joey Barton at that time. Uh, he was, I, I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating. It's, it was almost like the equivalent of uh, getting someone like... Yeah, I mean, Jack, anyone, Jack who's, on, anyone who's on Newsnight as well transcends right. just football. He wasn't just a big I'd name in football. He was... Well, question, yeah. yeah, not not Newsnight, question time, but yeah, he was he was going much beyond Loftus Road and West London. It was mad. Yeah. Can I, for my worst, my best and worst is quite simple. Every time we've had Clint Hill on, he's been brilliant, and yeah. Joel Lynch will be remembered forever for being the worst guest I've ever had on the podcast. We've ever had on the podcast because I thought it was well, awful. I felt for you, Finney, when John Byrne came on. Because ah, he I need was, to bring he, this up. He was okay, but he was. He was your hero growing up, and he was—he's a bit of a—he is a QPR icon, and it was almost like he was just a bit indifferent. He was watching the Man U match, wasn't he? QPR, wasn't he? Yeah. He if memory serves right, he was watching the Man U match. We got my half time, and it was about to go in the second half. And I think to be fair, though, David, if you remember rightly back then, there's—I mean, it's the same when we had um, Mark Lazarus on. They didn't have the connection with the club that they have now. There was no forever hours. There was no bringing players back. So we were. We were falling up all players and they were like, kind of like, oh yeah, we haven't heard from QPR for decades or for a long time. And and that was kind of sad. And I think John was one of them as well. And I think that won't happen now. And that just shows you how different in 10 years it's changed that we can actually go to all players. And the club have probably got there first. And that's brilliant. But yeah, that, Mark Lazarus was sad when we interviewed him and he said he hadn't been invited down for so many years. That, that actually almost brought a tear to me now because someone that's- like Mark Lazarus... I remember in the early days of the in the early days of this podcast, that used to be the norm that you'd have a former player on every week, and every week they'd say they hadn't heard from the club since 1976. Or mm. So, we, clubs got a lot a lot better. I'm, I feel like I've got myself into enough trouble tonight, so I'm not going to comment uh-huh. on Joey on Joey Barton. Surely the best worst guest ever was. Uh, I know what you're going to Ma- say Mark Mark, Bowen. Mark, Bowen, <laughs> Mark Bowen's. Uh, <laughs> you know, they put that night. They put Mark Bowen up to try and defend Mark Hughes's record when it was all when it was all falling apart. That was uh, I remember us all sitting around listening to that and the the faces around the. T- I mean, great radio, I guess, or what? You know, great podcast content. Scary, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, God. Um, and, and uh, yeah, that was around the same time that um, 
we had the glorious 15 minutes when Chris Mendes thought that Gibral uh, Cisse was seeing Philip Beard's 14-year-old daughter, which <laughs> yes. another, another incredible 15 minutes of radio that was a pleasure to be a part of. How about you, Flo, before we come on to Chris? Sorry, I'm taking over here, David. Oh, I would agree with all the ones you guys mentioned. I think in terms of ones I've been a part of, um, once we had Liam Kelly on the phone and he just sounded so miserable, I just came away from it feeling quite sorry for him. Um, yeah. That was quite sad. And actually that live one we did with Ian Holloway um, was an emotional roller coaster that I also came away feeling quite sorry for him because I felt like he just seemed like quite lost in his life. And I think also what's happened to it at Grimsby hasn't yeah, really gone my, well. And my I'm, hometown. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, I've, that made me came away being like, you, when you see your heroes slightly confused and lost in themselves and what they're going to do with their lives and you're like, oh, this is strange. But he, obviously his energy and his anecdotes and everything was amazing, but... It, yeah, it was just a strange one. But it, he, like, he didn't memorable. want to leave that night. And no, I he didn't want to leave. I, and then his wife was going mental because he had to get the last train uh, back yeah. from Paddington or something. Uh, and I associate that with a lot of stress because we had to get him on that last train back to Cheltenham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he was still... He left and then came back. Cab window. He was still yeah. delivering one-liners. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> what was yours then, Chris? Best and worst? Um... <clears throat> Best, I just have to. I'll probably go with Alejandro Fallin, just because he was such a lovely man when he came mm. on. Um, miss him uh, as a player as well. Thought he was great when we had him on. And yeah, I don't know. Struggling for worst. I mean, you could pick Joey Barton because some of the things he said. But um, at the same time, he's also the best guest we had in terms of um, mm. coverage. And, and worst, I guess I just picked myself for this cameo, just because I was only invited for the last bit. And uh, just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, uh, what what I loved about Ali yes, Ali Fallin. And Ali Fallin came on in person a couple of times, but the first he time did. he brought it was a kids special we did we did uh, during half term where people where we had we had some school kids there, and he brought his then eight year old son who joined in, he, he, and his son was sort of on the panel and and got involved, and it was great. Do you know what I remember Ali Fallin, which is really bizarre? We were in the pub, and I think it was with um, Chris and Chris. And um, he just came over and just said, what do you guys want to drink? And I was like, Jesus, Ali Fallout just walked over to us in a pub and asked us if we want to drink. He was just so down to earth, so nice. And that's the beautiful thing in this podcast is I think, you know, there's been some interesting guests on it that haven't been great and there's been some bloody good ones. But we've kind of also worked out that there's some footballers who break the stereotype but are just damn good human beings. And Ali Fallout is definitely of the um, latter type. Absolutely amazing person who I wish never left QPR. Hogan Ephraim was like that as well. Just yeah. like, not like a footballer at all and in the pub before and after. Um, and always, I find him really interesting listening to his opinions on football now. I, he's, he's kind of a, he's not the mould of a footballer, but I remember being on with him one night and being in the pub like before and after and he was not, not footballery at all, was just such a sound guy. Oh God, the days we had podcasts in pubs. Jesus. They, they were the days. What's the plan for next season? Are you planning to record um, outside of Zoom when, when you can? Um, uh, David, have you got exit clauses that say, you know, you can't sign for another podcast within... <laughs> he's, 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 he's having a high charge agreement where he can't say anything about this podcast or anything to do with anything that happened during the podcast or anything. Um, this whole podcast has not gone... The, the second half of this podcast has not gone how I thought. I, I won't go as far as to say I planned it meticulously 
as as Mark Bowen said in that interview. Um, <laughs> but uh, it certainly hasn't gone the way I thought. Has anyone else? What, what else? Has anyone else got anything else to say? Well, we, we haven't done our end. We haven't done anything yet, Dave. We're just waffling on here, son. Thing is, David, as modest as you are, this is this podcast is all about you, really. You're 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 leaving. You 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 were the founder member. You called me uh, out in, in. I was in Borough, just about to go for an osteopath appointment. It's like Kennedy. You see, I remember exactly where I was when you called me. You said, "Chris, <laughs> David," and uh, then, then told me about the idea, and then said, "Well, I know this bloke called Chris Mendes who's been recommended to me." And said, "Do you know when I?" And, to my eternal regret, I said, well, there is this bloke, Paul Finney, and then... They, oh, uh, it was you! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chris. Oh, no! <laughs> Chris suggested him. Chris suggested him, it's I true. Hi, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> but do you know what, David, all honesty, you, you've been brilliant for the podcast. It was your idea, and I always remember meeting up in the pub and coming away, meeting you all for the first time and thinking, this is never going to work. This is the most ridiculous idea. They've asked me to be part of it. It's doomed. It'll all be my fault when it ends, as always. And um, they gave us 15 minutes, and we've lasted 10 years so far. It's still going, but you will be back. You, you, no one's, it's, once you've joined, like Chris Mendes, you'll always be a member and always part of the family. You're never leaving. You can check out any time, but you can never leave, I think is the phrase. Um, <laughs> and well, there's, be... there's your title as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing an R's end then? Yes. Okay, my kids, my, my kids can put themselves to bed. That's fine. Is that um, your R's then? <laughs> well, yeah. Who's um, who's going first? Um, I can go first, if you like. I can go, go first. On. Go first. Go on, um, yeah, so the, the, the first thing I was going to say, uh, Ross Norville, who's, who's been on this podcast, um, is a QPR fan. He's been he's in hospital at the moment. Um He's having a bad time, really yeah, bad time. Yeah, he's getting updates from his wife using his Facebook account. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to him. And and uh, I, I don't know exactly the severity of the illness or what's wrong with him, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just hoping um, he comes out the other side and and, uh, and uh, looking forward to see you on the pod um, next Definitely. year, Ross. Um, I'll, okay. I'll just give you a brief thing, Chris, sorry. Because because he's, he's part of the WhatsApp group that we're involved in and oh, everything okay. else. Um, Ross went to work last week and sent the photograph of work in the office, saying back at the office. And the next thing we know, he's on the back of an ambulance and on the way to hospitals and Thomas's, um, having major heart problems and had have, have to have major surgery that night, emergency surgery, and um, been on a ventilator. Really, really been through it. Um, doing video chats with his son, Andy Sinton sent the messages. QPR been brilliant as usual, and yeah, it's not good, but he, he's always supported this podcast, and we will always support him. So he's got to come back because he owes me a drink. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 been hard. And uh, sorry, Chris, to jump in, but just to fill people in. And, no, no, and, um, I, I didn't know as much much detail as that. So thank you. And um, just the final thing, obviously, is David, who's been. Absolutely brilliant. Like I said, uh, organised it, got me on board. Then the, the four of us met in the Dignity Pub in Finchley. Um, yeah. Little acorns and all that. And um, it's gone from uh, being trapped into a contract with a, with, with, with a firm who did different podcasts, including some unpleasant meeting with the, the West Ham firm one night. Um, and it's quite... <laughs> yeah. it, 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 
Yeah. He went drinking with the ACF. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it sort of spiralled from there, really. So well done, mate. And 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 you will be back as a guest, I'm sure. And good luck with Happy 10 and everything else you're doing. And Thank you, Chris. That's it for me. Thank you. I'll go oh, next. happily. Oh, I'll go next, Billy. Okay, cool. Yours will be a Fair long way. one, so... Um, yeah, just to echo what Chris said there, thanks to David for bringing me in. Um, could have done without the trolling, but, you know, there's highs I, and lows. That sounds like I trolled you. <laughs> no, 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 not it you. It better not be you. If it turns out to be you, I'll be very cross. I mean, yeah, that will be <laughs> that'll be a Scooby-Doo reveal if it does. Um, no, forget me this on board. This is not it's me. Been... This is not me. <laughs> no confirmation. Sorry, that was, yeah, yeah that was meant more... Um, probably the podcast in, in general um but uh yeah no it's been it's been really fun to be part of the team and and yeah chat about qpr and all in all i think i was ending the season um i think this season has been a lesson to us all to trust the process and i think i certainly after that swansea game did not give us a very good chance at staying up um, I didn't think Warburton was going to stick around. I didn't necessarily think we should fire him because we didn't have much to be able to work with in terms of bringing in someone new who wanted to bring in maybe a ton of players in January or whatever. But I certainly wasn't feeling confident. But the trust that was given to him and the trust in terms of bringing in those players that made such a difference, Charlie being one of them, which I'll happily eat my words like I ate my cheese on that. Um and yeah, I think so much of it is about trusting the process, really, um, because like Warburton said four days ago, obviously a lot of us think we know better. But in reality, I think maybe we need to shut up occasionally and let it play out. Um, and I think this season, this second half of the season has certainly shown that. Yeah, go on, I'll go next and echo that. Um, I mean, I'm more guilty than most. It comes with writing, trying to write 48 match previews and 48 match reports a season. You have to come up with angles and takes on everything and you end up saying silly things like your device is crap and, uh, and <laughs> a dreadful signing. And, you know, you just... Yeah, I really hope that this season will give us something to take away as a collective support base that we will all look back and remember and say, well, remember that point, that Swansea game, that Wickham away game, when, you know, it was getting to the point where we all would have made a change um, and the value of sticking with players like Dykes and seeing them grow and sticking with a manager rather than changing. I'm hoping that's the big takeaway from the season. I also wanted to mention Jeff Cameron. Um, I mean, leaving the, the politics aside, um, football-wise and the way he's carried himself when he came on the podcast, the way he's captained the team and the club, I think has been excellent. Came for one year and stayed for three. I think um, there's a website called Hoops and Dreams that does really good stats. And I think they pointed out that over his time here, it's something ridiculous. I should, I should have written this down before I came on, but his win percentage in the team is 60-something percent. And the team's win percentage without him is less than 30 or something. He's He's been really important to the team and a great signing. And it's almost, a sh it's just a shame, really. I think those senior players that they bring in, not necessarily to play, although Jeff played a lot, I think they're really valuable to the dressing room. And Adoma is obviously in that category as well. Rangel was before. So I think it's a shame that he's kind of going back to America and we wish him all the best with that, obviously, without a proper sort of send-off from the fans. I've, I've found that it's one of a number of difficult things that I'm, I'm struggling to sort of get my head around with, without fans being there. 
and yeah just my own thank you to to david obviously uh, quite apart from the podcast david's often on the end of the phone or the whatsapp if i'm having trouble or need career advice or just need someone to chat to it's all and the advice although i ignore it about 99 percent of the time that's because i'm an idiot and uh, it's always it's always sound and always appreciated and um yeah i've been hoping for the last year that you would change your mind about this um because i think now more than ever the the podcast is quite important um but you haven't you big dickhead so uh see ya and uh yeah best of luck i would also just like to quickly add on advice um david has often been a therapist over the last year yeah, in terms same. of qpr um, especially when it comes to social media. So always wise, always loyal. And yeah, thanks for always standing by myself and Clive <laughs> battering down the hatches. Yeah, same. Bloody hell, how do I follow that? I, I, I can't keep track. Who's still got an Oz end to go? Chris I mean, I am, I am, I'm just putting it out there. I'm doing it. I am having the last word on this particular Chris Mendes. <laughs> Chris Mendes and Finney. Actually, has Finney done? Finney's done his, hasn't he? Please no. tell me Finney's done Oh, it. haven't you? Oh, oh go on, Finney, God. do yours and then let Chris have a Well, mine's very short and very sweet. And that's not like me at all. Well, the short bit is, but not so sweet. Anyway, the, um, yeah. Thank you for uh, making me part of this podcast, David. Thank you for being a very, very good friend. Even though we have this kind of love-hate thing on the podcast, I've got nothing but absolute respect for you as a human being and as a person. And I think what you've done with this podcast has been amazing. And thank you for giving us our chance to speak to QPR fans, because without that, we wouldn't have done it. And the support you've given us on and off things. I mean, I never ask you for advice. I just swear and shout and you say, stop being a dick that always works um and you you help my daughter it, it, it doesn't doesn't but i'm, I'm still happy so. um and and you give my daughter work experience which i cannot thank you for enough and uh she's now going to be she's now drunk as a skunk in nottingham somewhere and i blame that on you but now you've been been brilliant to work with you i hope it's not the end like clive i would love you to rethink what you're doing and not do it but you've decided to do it so that's fine but you're mad and you should reconsider and you should stay with the podcast. And um, listen, I yeah. can't get Andy Sinton on every week giving you a shirt. So, you know, as, as, as... exactly. And the other thing is, um, I'd just like to, um, as is our last podcast, reach out to everyone who's lost someone during this horrible time who's going to be taking this seat next season, hopefully back at Loftus Road to invite a loved one or someone dear to them beside them. And um, hopefully one day we can do a podcast and get some people on to talk about those no longer with us and keep them going um, because it's been bloody hard for so many people and um, I sincerely and send my condolences to all those that love someone and I'm absolutely good for you because there'll be a lot of people who won't be back next season and um, yeah that's that's really sad but um, yeah Dave please come back don't be a dick <laughs> uh, Chris man, yeah yeah, well, first of all, I was joking about David kicking me off the podcast. That's just, that was a joke. And I just moved jobs and made it logistically hard to do it. But, um, but yeah, thanks thanks uh, um, for the opportunity, David. It's a blast. Sad that you're leaving the podcast. Um, I'm sure you'll be back in some capacity, capacity at some point over the next season or two. Same. I'd love to come on, whether it's next season, you know, when we're fighting for promotion or the season after, when we're challenging for, like, a Champions League place. I don't mind. I'd, I'd happily like come on a podcast and have a chat about uh, QPR success going forward. And um, 
yeah, that's it. I mean, no more football for QPR for a while, but, you know, we've got May the 29th to look forward to, Brentford and Chelsea losing finals on the same day within a few hours of each other. So look forward <laughs> to that one. You still got it, Chris. You still got it, mate. He's got a beard. Um, I, 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 I wish I had something like profound sort of planned and lined up. I just really, I just wanted to say a couple of thank yous. I think, first of all, as far as QPR is concerned, I, I think the club's in a really good place at this point. I think it's it's almost been as good an experience supporting the club as it can be from exclusively behind the TV or computer screen. I think the club's in a good place. I think the team's in a good place. So it seems like a good place for the season to end. And likewise, with me and the podcast, it seems like a good place to end. I'm really, I'm slightly, I'm very, very grateful for sort of the last half an hour. I'd be shocked if anyone is still with us and still listening. And I apologise to sort of everyone for the indulgence of the last 10 minutes or so. But thank you all very much. I really appreciate it. Um, I Yeah, I'm going because I'm just can't, I just can't do it all. That's it. It's like very uncontroversial. It's just sort of very busy. So it's a good time to go. I wanted to thank you all. I'm really pleased that it's you five that are here because I would say... You five have been at various times the sort of the absolute anchors, and I say anchor, not anything else, of the podcast. Chris, I remember that conversation. I remember exactly where I was when I called you, and thank you <laughs> for thinking it was quite a good idea. Mendez, you were brilliant. Um, and, yeah, I'm so pleased you've come back because I, I wasn't actually sure you were still alive, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Um, Finney, um, like just this is what i want to clear up because everybody always asks me yes we get on yeah, Finny and I get on and like each other um and clive and flo you've sort of come on at different times maybe a bit later but i consider you two as a key part of this podcast you're on the podcast whatsapp group um i would say to both of you don't stop what you're doing and don't let the bastards grind you down is what I would say if I can and if it's not kind of embarrassing you too much Clive I think you're one of the best football writers full stop not best football writers about QPR and I hope I know everybody else thinks that and appreciates it but I hope you do as well and just please keep doing what you're doing and he's Clive, talking to you shady head Flo, you are absolutely brilliant. I'm in awe of not only the work that you do, but the absolute shitstorm that you have to put up with and how you do it, I think is remarkable. Yeah, sure. So thank well you said. all for everything. Thank you to all the guests. All uh, what have I, I've got a list here, but really thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to all the guests. Thank you to everyone that's done it with us. I guess the only one who, who, who isn't on this call is Richard, my brother, who helps with the, all the digital stuff. So thank you to him. And thank and you, Richard, love. Definitely. Nice man. Thank you. Um, yeah, exactly. We, we are related, though. Um, and um, I will look forward to coming back and seeing what you've done with the place. I know there's sort of more to come in terms of what's happening next year. But like Clive said, the, the podcast is vital and it will continue and be brilliant, I'm sure. Nice one, David. Let me, uh, shall I do my, an outro then? Thank you all for listening. This is the end, the wrap up of the 2020-21 season. This has been Open All Ours. Come on, you ours.